she chose Elizabeth, and Elizabeth, when, when we have friends with older people, usually uh, older people have more experience in life and in things that we can draw from, that we can ask questions about, that, that if you put yourself in that category, some of you are in that category and refuse to accept it. But if you're in that category, you say, I've experienced a lot in life. You have something to share. You have something to share with people who are younger than you. None of us are strangers to trials and troubles, and no one can be under more pressure than the mother of Jesus as she faced seemingly impossible odds. Hearing the news of her distant cousin's unexpected pregnancy, Mary traveled quickly to find comfort in the company of miracles. Mary spent several months connecting with Elizabeth while finding comfort in an unexpected friendship. You have joined us for message number four entitled Being Friends of the series Luke the Gospel Truth. This is Faith Life, and now Pastor Jared Arnett. Hey, this morning we are uh, in this series um, preaching through the book of Luke as we're going into the Christmas uh, Christmas morning, December 24th, Christmas Eve. We'll be having church here that morning. And we'll get to a passage in chapter 2 that is the Christmas story that you would, if you gathered some friends or family together and said, let's read the Christmas story, most people turn to Luke chapter 2. There's a chapter before that that we're working our way through to lead into what is the what is the significance of chapter 2. So we're still in chapter 1 and some things are happening and uh, last week we talked about uh, Mary and when the angel came to Mary and gave her the news. You're going to have a son, his name's going to be Jesus, he's going to set up a kingdom that's going to go on forever. Pretty big news to Mary uh, since she was only engaged and, and, uh, and was a virgin and it was, it was impossible for her to be with child but he said it was going to be and she finished with these words I am the Lord's servant, and that's where we landed last week. We find in this state of overwhelmed that Mary runs to a friend. The very next verse, uh, she goes to visit Elizabeth. And so today we're going to talk about being friends. We're going to look at this story of, of Mary and Elizabeth and, and find see what, is, what, what, what can we learn from them about friendship. And it's really important because uh, right now, if you look at the research or you see the headlines uh, in this country, really in the globe, we're, in a, we're in a, at an epidemic of loneliness. Like we, we float around and we connect and we have acquaintances, yet when they do the research and they ask people, to be honest, really, I felt like I didn't have anybody yesterday. If I look back on yesterday, when they asked the people, they said, did you feel lonely? Over half of them said, yeah. And it's really strange and it's unique um, because we're in a time where we have more friends than ever. All right? Uh, you can go look at your social media list and you're like, man, I got a lot of friends. I got a thousand friends. This is incredible. And so other research around that said researchers found that people turn to social media more when they're feeling lonely, but surprisingly, people felt worse after spending time on social media. It didn't help them feel less isolated. It actually made them feel lonelier. That's what social media does. It's kind of like this, you know. <laughs> you, you, get to, you get on there, right, and you see everybody else's highlight reel of their life and the good things that are happening, and we share the best usually on social media, and we save the worst, right? And so we're comparing our real life with everyone else's uh, the best moments of their life, and usually even the best moments have filters on them, right? 
And so we begin to compare ourselves to that. And so the research says, actually, it, it feels like you're more connected, but it actually drives us and makes us feel less connected. And the worst is when you get on and it's Saturday morning and you see, uh, like, your friend group and everybody was together last night. And everybody's tagged in it but you, right? And all of a sudden, like, I'm left out. They don't like me. You're playing all these things out in your head. And, and so social media begins to lead us to really a feeling of isolation. And we see it in today's time. And, and, and so we're going to talk about what is it, what does being really, really being friends look like? Two headings, really, we're going to look at today. One, how to find friends. What should I look for in a friend? And then, second, we're going to look at how to be a friend. This isn't an a, a, a all-conclusive study of the Bible about friendship. These are lessons we're going to learn in just this passage between Mary and Elizabeth. Um, and so there's one other thing I want you to think about as you go into this. I want you to think about, uh, you, can, you can relate, you can actually do a little survey and find out which of these you are, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. Uh, Bethany and I have done this. We used one called Myers-Briggs. Turns out we both lean on the introvert side. All right? And so as an introvert, you need to understand where you are on these sides because they're both wrong, and you need to know why. Um, and, and so introverts, as an introvert, I lean toward, you know, I don't really want to have deep friendships with people. I would rather be alone. I'd rather just be alone with my thoughts. Like if you gave me an option on Friday night, stay home and see no one or go out with people, staying home and seeing no one sounds amazing, all right? That's my default. When, I, when I'm done here on Sunday mornings, I am drained, okay? I've seen 200, 250 people, and like I love you all, but it's draining for me as an introvert. So the problem is I really don't, we don't do well at making deep friendships, Bethany's my best friend. Chris is probably my second best friend, and he basically gets paid to be my friend. You know, he, we work here together, you know, and so this is really it. All right? And so on the other side of this, you got extroverts who can never have enough friends. You've got hundreds of friends. You met someone at Walmart, and they're your friend. No, they're not. You just met them. All right? And so you, have, you, you do the opposite. Instead of going deep, you just go shallow with lots of people. And it's really hard for you to have the one close friend, the people that stick to you, the person that you would call when life falls apart, that you can be honest with, the one that you could call uh, when something good happens and you can't wait to share it with them. When you think of those people in your life, um, I would say those are very important friends in your life. And if you don't have those uh, like me, then you probably need to think about who could that be, and I should probably be more intentional. We're going to talk about what to do. This is a sermon as much for me as it is uh, for you. So two headings we're going to talk about this morning, um, finding one and being one as it relates to friends. So let's look at the scripture. So we find immediately, um, it says a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived, she entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. All right, so in, in this moment, when Mary had everything in the world to do and she just found out about this, it says that she went to find a friend. 
The angel had shared with her about Elizabeth, said Elizabeth is expecting too, and that's a miracle because she was in an older age. And, and so it, it says, after a few days, Mary immediately began planning. She packed her things, and she went to see Elizabeth. She walked through the door. We're going to look at some of these characteristics of Mary and Elizabeth. What makes a good friend? How do you find one? Where do you look for them at? What should they look like? Um, so, so first, you find friends anywhere. You can find them at Walmart. Who knows? You know, you might get their snap and get close eventually. Um, but you're going to probably find them more in line with family, coworkers, colleagues, classmates, someone that's in community with you, uh, someone you go to church with, someone that is um, is connected with you in some way. So, what are some characteristics of Mary and, and Elizabeth here? Let's read this. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her. Remember, that's John the Baptist. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. Two characteristics that, I, that, are, that are in this passage. One I want you to just think about is they were both believers. Seems pretty straightforward. Seems like maybe not that consequential. Um, but really it is very important. When you're going to build a close friendship, someone that you're going to take advice from and, and go through deep places with, it's really important that you start from a, a ground zero of a worldview on life. And so here we find they both agree, like, this is the mother of my Lord. This is Jesus. And so when you're making a close friend, right, when you're looking at a characteristic of a friend... I'm not saying don't be friends with unbelievers and you just stay away from them, folks. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying the deep relationship you're going to build is really important that you both agree on who Jesus is. That you've both accepted that he was the Messiah, that he is king. Because that plays out into all the other advice and decisions we're going to make in life. Right? So anything they're going to say, if we don't agree on that, it could be way off. Way off. Okay, so in, in Scripture, it tells us to be careful about picking friends. It says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. <laughs> Pretty basic proverb from King Solomon who said, God, if I could have one thing, give me wisdom. God gave it to him, and this is what he had to say. He's like, if you, you want to become wise, hang out with wise people. If you want to get in trouble, associate with fools. He was pretty straightforward. So you can ask yourself, what do I want to rub off on me? What do I want to rub off on me? There's this saying that says, you become like the five people you spend the most time with. Choose carefully. This is important in school and in all aspects of your life. So you can think, what do I want to rub off on me? So if you're finding a friend, maybe character matters. One, what's the anchor our belief in Jesus, but two, let's think of it, character matters. Uh, you want someone with wisdom. You want someone with a, a decent reputation, right? Someone with work ethic, discipline in their life. I struggle to be disciplined sometimes. I love hanging around with people that are better at me at things that hopefully I catch some of it. They got the old saying, more is caught than taught, 
right? So you surround yourself with people that you want to be like, that you respect how they are. Maybe if you're in a marriage, you want to hang out with a couple that's been married for 30 years and really do it really well, and you want to learn and you want to catch their, their marriage, understand how they treat each other and talk, each, talk to each other and live out, uh, live out their, their relationship. As opposed to that, you could hang out with people who uh, love to gossip, right? Or are just negative about everything. Or just cannot wait to rehash all the bad things that's ever happened to them. Or people that, that aren't great at relationships, they've just got a trail of broken relationships behind them. Those are probably the people you want to care about and try to help coach, but not necessarily the ones you want to bring into your close circle and spend the most time with. You want to choose wisely who your friends are. All these things are really fruits of the Spirit. Okay? These are fruits of the Spirit that come from true believers, and you want to see that in their life, and those are the people we want to build close friendships and relationships to. You are listening to Faith Life with Pastor Jared Arnett from New Beginnings Fellowship Church in Pipeville, Kentucky. This is message number four of the series, Luke, the Gospel Truth. Let's continue listening as Pastor Jared Arnett further illustrates the value in connections when troubles arrive. The other thing I see here is that the, the age was irrelevant. They didn't go to high school together. All right, Mary and Elizabeth did not go to high school together. Elizabeth was up in years. Mary was likely a teenager. They've probably not even been to high school yet. Okay, they didn't have high school then. Y'all are tough this morning. <laughs> Whew. Man, y'all can laugh, you can smile. Let's just move around a little bit. So you got Mary, they weren't the same age. They were different ages. And so there was a variety, a mix in their life of like, I'm not just going to be friends with the person sitting beside me because by default they were sitting beside me. All right, she, 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 she chose Elizabeth. And Elizabeth, when, when we have friends with older people, usually uh, older people have more experience in life and in things that we can draw from, that we can ask questions about, that, that if you put yourself in that category, some of you are in that category and refuse to accept it. But if you're in that category, you say, I've experienced a lot in life. You have something to share. You have something to share with people who are younger than you. And so becoming a mentor, sharing and pouring some of those things into people are really important. If you're younger, have deep respect for those people. Have a hunger to learn from them. Ask them stories. I talk about Gene all the time. Gene right here, 96 years old. So much experience been so many places, seen so many things, a wealth of information. I'm talking to him one day, he's like, let me tell you about this time, I was on a volcano in the Philippines, <laughs> right? I'm like, oh my gosh, this is incredible, and he's sharing all these stories and this wealth, and yet we're so busy today and have thousands of friends on Facebook, we don't get the deep experience and connection, people like Gene, we need to. Are you with me for a minute? We just bypass it and we say hi and we go on. Yet we see in the scripture the church always had very deep relationships with one another. Because the reality is in, uh, with social media, I could have gone to all of your thanksgivings. 
Like if you put it on Facebook, I could I could have went and looked y'all up, and I said, you all had this, this, and this, and so-and-so was there, and I saw this. I could have been at every one of your Thanksgivings, and you would have never known it. Is that creepy? <laughs> Maybe I did. <laughs> it's the danger of social media. We feel like we were there. Friendship is way more than knowing what you had for Thanksgiving and who was there. It's more than seeing your selfies on date night. It's more than your snap or your be real. It's more than any of that. It's way more than that. It's deep connection experiences together. Okay? They were believers. The age did not matter. We can respect a younger generation who's getting ready to go through it. Right, if you've raised your kids and you're looking at a young mom that's got two young kids, you know what that was like. You can have deep appreciation for that. You can remember the time I wish someone would have shown up and said, let me get the kids for an evening. So we can be those things for one another. You can remember where you were and see people there in similar places, pour into them. So age was irrelevant. Solomon also said in Proverbs 18, 24, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. All right? So if you, if you are in the place where you're like, I just don't have any friends. Nobody wants to be my friend. And so today we're going to learn how to be a friend. All right? And so this starts with you. Don't wait for people to show up. If we all decide to go be someone's friend, then we'll all have friends. Are you with me for a minute? All right? So being friends, we're going to see here in this story, and there's an amazing song that Mary sings in the middle of it. We're not going to go through that this morning. It's called The Magnificat. It's Mary singing this song about Jesus. So I'd encourage you to read that. It's amazing. Um, but at the end of the passage that we're talking to about this morning, Luke 156, it says Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. Okay, Mary has found out she's going to have a baby. A few days later, she leaves. Do you realize how much Lululemon stuff she needed for her nursery? <laughs> and how much work there was to be done? Are you with me? Like, she had so much to do. She's going to have a baby. She don't even have a husband. And yet, somehow, she intentionally carves out one-third of her pregnancy to go hang out with Elizabeth. The first thing we see about being a friend is this is, it's got to be intentional. It's got to be intentional. We can't, like, we struggle to find three hours to have dinner with people. We are so busy and going so shallow with so many people, we feel it in the loneliness and isolation, Okay? And so we have to be intentional. She didn't just stay a while. She stayed three months. I mean, Elizabeth's probably like, okay, Mary, it's been good. <laughs> like, you can go. As my mama used to say, I'm going to go to bed so you can go home. <laughs> All right? Like, that was her way at the end of the night. Like, I'm going to go to bed so you can go home. Like, but she stayed three months. Intentional time. She made time to invest in a friendship. Uh, we find second in how to be a friend. Their words were spiritually affirming. I talked about this a little earlier. Words and friendship are everything, all right? 
And so they didn't just talk about the weather. They didn't just have fun. All that stuff's important, and you can laugh and get together and have a good time. But for a deep, meaningful relationship, it's built on the truth of the gospel. And that there has to be spiritual uh, affirming words in, in the middle of this in times that y'all talk about the Bible. We talk about the Bible. We talk about Jesus. We talk about the things of eternity. We talk about the things of spiritual consequence that we care about those things in one another's lives. In those words, we find one that were wise. They were affirming Mary. As soon as she shows up, Elizabeth's like, I get it. I cannot believe it, but you are giving birth to the Messiah. Like, that's super affirming. She's looking at Mary's life, and she says, the Lord is so excited because you've been obedient to what he's asked you to do. I, wouldn't you like to have someone that just poured that into you? It's like, I can see God working in your life, and I'm so proud of you for living into it. I can see it. That encouragement came from a friend. The second thing we find in Proverbs 27 is these words can be truthful. We speak truth. Real friends speak truth to one another. Proverbs Solomon said it like this, an open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. What does that mean? I got a minion to show you. It's the difference between a friend and a best friend. A friend, wow, you're so pretty. <laughs> a best friend, Shrek called. He wants his face back. All right. You know, maybe we're not that harsh with one another. But you get the point here that as a friend, we can, we can observe and see the things in our other friend's life. And listen, the Satan, Satan can blind us, okay? You could be living full on in life thinking you got it all together, but you need a friend who can see from the outside and say, hey, right here in this area of your life, I see see some brokenness there. I see what the enemy's doing. I just want to bring it to your attention. Now, we think of that as being mean and disciplinary and, you know, someone's sinning. We need to go get to them and talk to them and set them down and straighten it out, right? But as a friend, we do it because we deeply care and we know that sin has consequence in our lives. That we know it takes us away from God's plan for us. That it affects the good things in our life and brings brokenness and chaos into our life. So if you see a friend walking into that, you need a friend, or if you're walking in, you need a friend who cares enough to say, Jared, man, you all, like I had early on, I was making a presentation when I was leading a group. And, and after it was over, I had a great mentor and friend. He sat me down. He said, let's have lunch tomorrow, breakfast, I think. We had breakfast the next day. He said, you said I a lot yesterday. I could, be, I could have been like, yeah, I did, look at me. Or I could have been like, oh, man, okay. And so there, from that point on, every presentation I would make, I would think, don't say I. Right? You need a friend like that that cares enough to pour into you that you hear the truth from, that you speak truth to one another not casually not just overlook not just pat on the back but let's be real with each other man you got a friend like that it's something to thank god for one to to do it is 
both of these are difficult. One, you want to be able to do it, but two, you need to be able to receive it and hear it without getting upset. You do it with grace. And so you ask, if a friend's not going to tell someone the truth, who will? <laughs> right? Who's going to care enough to share the truth? The third thing, so words that are spiritually affirming. First, they're wise, spiritually wise. Two, they're truthful. Three, it's trustworthy. I just have a feeling that Mary was coming to share something. She wasn't ready to put on Instagram yet. Right? I'm not ready to tell the world yet that I'm pregnant and he's going to be the Messiah and I'm only engaged and I don't have a husband. Like, I'm not ready to put that on Instagram, but this is the one person. Elizabeth is the person in the hill country. I got to get there and tell her. She won't tell anybody. Right? It was, she was trustworthy. Proverbs 17.9 says, He who covers and forgives an offense seeks love. But he who repeats or harps on a matter separates even close friends. It's wisdom here. It's wisdom here that you can trust someone when you share some, something confidentially with them that they will not take that and turn it and use it against you, first of all. Because there will be people that will do that. But someone that you can, you can trust. So how do I be a good friend? One, spiritually care about the people you're around. To speak truth, be real with people in a very loving, graceful way. It is how God designed the church to work. For us to care about one another and work together for the edification or the upbuilding of God's people. Three, be trustworthy with your words. Um, some people just love to hash out things, bad things that have happened over and over and over. And they love to share it with other people. Be a person who loves to, to share pure things, good things, and talk about ideas and what God is doing. She trusted Elizabeth. This is really the trustworthy part. It's one sure way to lose a friend. Author Jack Wellman, he said it like this. There's something special about having a friend that you can confide in, tell your troubles to, and share your life with. It has been said that a sorrow shared is halved, but a joy shared is doubled. Proverbs 27.10 says, Do not forsake your friend or a friend of your family, because you may need that friend in a day of trouble. A reminder about friendship. So, to summarize and recap, one, you want to find a friend, choose wisely. Um, choose people you want to be more like, that you want to replicate, that there's things you can appreciate, people who are believers. Don't just look at your age group and say, we're just going to separate and all this young people are going to be over here and all this old people are going to be over here and the middle-aged people are going to be over here. I think I've reached middle age. I think that's where I'm at. Where's my middle-aged people out there? You don't know where you fit. I'm not old, I'm not young. Second, be a good friend. Make intentional time. Use a spiritually affirming words. Be wise, be truthful, be trustworthy. Here's the thing. Um, if the beauty part of this story is 
the baby that Mary was carrying. You see, Mary and Elizabeth were mere mortals. They were just human beings. And you see, they cannot live perfectly as a friend. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not a great friend. And if you hinge all your hope and your joy on just your friends, while it's important to have good friends, I want you to know even your best of friends will let you down. I will let you down. I have let friends down. Friends have let me down. But you see, Mary was carrying somebody. Carrying somebody that, that in the Old Testament was said would be a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So when you think about what I said earlier about social media and the isolation and the loneliness that we feel, and you think about going into Christmas, it just accelerates it for some people because they, they know their brokenness, they remember lost loved ones, they think about how it could have been, should have been, would have been, and now it's not. And yet we have this one who, 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 who came as a baby and he spoke in John Chapter 15, I want to just share what he said. This is my commandment, love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. He said, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now... You are my friends. What a friend we have in Jesus, right? Remember that old hymn. The gospel calls us to trust Jesus as our Savior, submit to him as our king, and value him as our treasure. It, calls, it also calls us to enjoy him as our friend. The worship team is going to come up. Here's where I'd like to invite you into. I want to remind you of this truth. That Jesus, all right, he's, our God is omniscient, omnipotent. It means he's all-powerful. It means he is everywhere. It means he, you're not going to text Jesus on Saturday and say, you want to hang out tomorrow afternoon, and him be like, I'm busy. You with me for a minute? He, you have his undivided, direct attention to you. He is the best friend you will ever have. He will teach you how to be a good friend. And I can't imagine any more lonely place than to walk through this world without Jesus. To wonder, why am I here? To wonder, does anybody love me? Does anybody care? What's this all about? And to not have accepted the reality that Jesus died on the cross. He showed greater love than any friend will ever show you, I promise. And in him, I have a friend. At the times when I'm all alone, I have the promise that I will go with you even to the ends of the age. What I pray is that we each realize that we give our life to Christ and we say, God, you show me the people around me that need a friend. 
the people that are lonely, the people that feel isolated, that feel separated. Let me do these things. Let me be this. Let me carve out time in my life to be a friend and develop real meaningful friendships. Because we need it. I need it. You need it. Our church needs it. If you know who those friends are, pour into them. Love them. Thank God for them. If you don't know who that is, find them. Find somebody to be a friend. God, we thank you. That we talk all the time about good news and the gospel. The good news of Jesus Christ. Here's the good news. It's the isolation and loneliness you destroyed. That's something from the enemy. When you conquered death, you conquered those things. But the enemy wants us to still believe that we are alone and that nobody cares. And he's wrong. Today, thank you for the reminder that what a friend we have in your son Jesus. Let, our, let us anchor our lives on it. Let us anchor our families on it. Let us anchor our friendships on it. One draw us unto you in a closer relationship. God, James, when he wrote, he promised that if we draw close to God, you would draw close to us. That means even as believers, there's always another level closer we could be to you. I want that. I want everybody in this room to want that. God, and draw us together. In such a way that would be unbreakable. Let us love one another so that the world would know that you sent your son Jesus to die for us. That he was the Messiah. That in him rests the hope of the world. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Faith Life. Faith Life is a ministry of New Beginnings Fellowship Church located in Pikeville, Kentucky. You can find us on the web at www.nbfc.church or look for us on Facebook. Be sure to subscribe to Faith Life Podcast on your favorite podcasting platform and download each weekly episode. Join us next week as Pastor Gerald Arnett delivers the fifth message in our series titled, His Name is John. Again, thank you for joining us, and we will see you next week as we walk the faith life.